Welcome back to another episode of Eleven Doll Sports. Professor Rebecca here. Summary of the last part of Chapter Seven. I hope everyone is doing great. So, um, Michaelis is a young Greek man who runs the coffee joint beside the ash heaps, and he was the principal witness at the inquest. He heard them fight, and because of that, he decided to go and check if everything was okay. And when he got there. He heard her saying, bit me. He heard her cry, throw me down and bit me, you dirty little coward. A moment later, she rushed out into the dusk, waving her hands and shouting. Before he could move from his door, the business was over. So um, this is an example of euphemism. Remember that word from uh, eighth grade when we were reading the book, The giver, it's basically a word that sometimes um, writers use in order to refer to another word which they think that is a harsh one. So in this case, instead of saying that Myrtle ran in front of a car and because of that she died or that he, she committed suicide, um, He said the business was over in order to say it in a soft way. And then he continues saying, The death card, as the newspapers call it, didn't stop. It came out of the gathering darkness, wavered tragically for a moment, and then disappeared around the next bend. Michaelis wasn't even sure of its color. He told the, the first policeman that it was light green. The other car, the one going toward New York, came to rest a hundred yards beyond, and its driver hurried back to where Myrtle Wilson, her life violently extinguished, knelt on the road and mingled her thick, dark blood with the dust. Michaelis and these men reached her first, but when they had torn open her shirtwaist, still damp with perspiration, they saw that her left breast was swinging loose like a flap and there was no need to listen for the heart beneath. The mouth was wide open and ripped at the corners as though she had choked a little and given up the tremendous vitality she had stored so long. All right, so that was very graphic, don't you think? Um, why would you think that Fitzgerald wrote that her left breast was swinging loose like a flap? That part of breast um, is a motherly or feminine, soft and beautiful kind of part of the women's body that draws people to her as far as it is part of their beauty and natural allure. But the way he described that part, it's gross and violent and, and sad. So he kind of destroyed that beautiful part of her. And I don't know if you paid attention when I was reading, but he said the mouth and the heart instead of saying her heart or her mouth because in, he was describing a corpse in not a living being anymore. Um, another important thing to talk about is that 
Daisy has always been depicted as white and rich and when I say white I don't mean it in a sense of being virginal because she's not. Remember she's white on, on the outside but she is rotten in the inside and even though she had an affair with Gatsby she is somehow untouchable and maybe the reason why is because she's behind Tom and so she knows that if she does something wrong he's gonna be there to to help her and cover her up and on the other hand we have a Myrtle she's lower class able to be touched bleed and and die in such a terrible way as she did We saw the three or four automobiles in the crowd when we were still some distance away. Rex, said Tom, that's good. Wilson will have a little business at last. He slowed down, but is still without any intention of stopping until, as we came near, the hushed, intent faces of the people at the garage door made him automatically put on the brakes. We'll take a look, he said doubtfully. Just a look. I became aware of a hollow wailing sound which issued constantly from the garage. A sound which, as we got out of the coop and walked toward the door, resolved itself into the words. Oh my God, uttered over and over in a gasping moan. There's some bad trouble here, said Tom excitedly. Myrtle Wilson's body was wrapped in a blanket and in another blanket as though she suffered from a shield in the hot night, lay on a work table by the wall, and Tom, with his back to us, was bending over it motionless. Oh, oh my God, oh my God, oh God, oh my God. What happened? That's what I want to know, said Tom. Otto hit her. Instantly killed. Instantly killed, repeated Thomas, staring. There were two cars involved, one coming and one going, you see. A pale, well-dressed African-American stepped near. It was a yellow card, he said, big yellow card. See the accident? asked the policeman. No, but the car passed me down the road, going faster and... Forty going fifty or sixty. Come here, let's have your name. Look out now. I want to get his name. Some words of this conversation must have reached Wilson, swaying in his office door, for suddenly a new theme found voice among his gasping cries. You don't have to tell me what kind of car it was. I know what kind of car it was. You've got to pull yourself together, said Tom. Listen, said Tom, shaking him a little. I just got here a minute ago. From New York, I was bringing you that coupe we have been talking about. That yellow car I was driving this afternoon wasn't mine, do you hear? I haven't seen it all afternoon. You see, guys, so that was the real reason of why um, Tom was so worried. He was not even worried about Myrtle yet, but um, about the person who was driving the car or the people who were in the yellow car and also as you noticed Tom interrupted the officer and the officer let him because 
he knows that Tom has money in I believe that he assumes that based on his clothes and also because Tom has class and power and because of that the officer started giving him information about the crash. Tom has so much self-control most people would have fallen apart if they saw somebody dying like that especially if it is some uh, someone close to you but the only thing he wants now is to assess the situation, to take charge. And the African-American man um, is the only person who was uh, right, the only person who is accurate, and no one else is accurate. He saw that the car was speeding up. And um, like I said, in that moment, Tom didn't even care about Myrtle. He was only trying to protect himself and Daisy because he knows that probably Daisy was in in that card at the time of the crush. Some dim impulse moved the policeman to look suspiciously at Tom and what colors your card? It's a blue card, a coupe. We have come straight from New York, I said. Someone who had been driving a little behind us confirmed this and the policeman turned away. Then Tom shut the door and came down the single step, his eyes avoiding the table. As he passed close to me, he whispered, let's get out. Tom drove slowly until we were beyond the bend. Then his foot came down hard and the coupe raced along through the night. In a little while, I heard a low husky sob and saw that the tears were overflowing down his face. The goddamn coward, he whimpered. He didn't even stop his car. So here we can see that Tom is finally showing some emotion in that probably it wasn't a one-night stand. But anyways, um, Tom was only trying to divert the attention from him. And what we have to highlight here is that it is not a crime if you run into a car as Myrtle did. It is a crime if you don't stop as the people who were in the yellow car did. And as many people does nowadays. And that's a cowardly and cruel act, but we can't judge. We all react in different ways. I'm not justifying anyone or anything. But only the people who were involved in such situation can really say what was going on in their minds. And besides... Remember that if you do if you do something incorrect or immoral, um, karma is always going to get you. So we better be careful. Hello, old school. What are you doing? Just sitting here. Yes, I see that. See any trouble out on the road? That woman you ran down is dead, Jay. I thought so. I I told Daisy that I thought Daisy, that's the show. Do you hear yourself? How could you? How Just could you do that? What's wrong down. with you? You're nothing but a goddamn coward! Keep your voice down, old boy, please. There was no point in Jay. No point! No point! What about that woman? No point. She was she was she was killed instantly. Yes, it ripped her open. I was there. I saw her. I understand. It was my fault. It was my fault. This woman, she rushed out at us as if she was, as if 
She was trying to speak to us. It all happened so quickly. She tried... I tried to turn Gee. time, but... She thought that driving would steady her. But this woman, she rushed out at us. It all happened so quickly. It wasn't her fault, you see. know that Daisy was driving. Promise me. Jay, you should go home and get some rest. I'm going to wait here. I'm going to wait here all night if necessary. No, no, no. That's not a good she idea, If he tries Jay. to bother her about that unpleasantness this afternoon, if he tries to bother her, if he tries any brutality on her whatsoever... Tom, Tom won't touch her. He's not even thinking about I her. I don't trust Jay. him. I don't trust him. All right. All right. You wait here. I'll see if there's any commotion. Would you? Thank you, old sport. All right, so you see, um, Gatsby said that Daisy was the one who was driving the yellow car. And... At the end of the book, it says that Daisy and Tom were sitting opposite each other at the kitchen table with a plate of cold fried chicken between them and two bottles of ale. They weren't happy and neither of them had touched the chicken or the ale and yet they weren't unhappy either. There was an unmistakable air of natural intimacy about the picture and anybody would have said that they were conspiring together. Alright, so that's an example of foreshadowing. Tom and Daisy um, were planning everything and everything that they were going to say in order to um, affect Gatsby. And on the other hand, we have Gatsby who was outside all worried about Daisy while they were just um, conspiring against him. They were just trying to get out of the situation, like turn the page and... Remember that they have a tendency of running away when things get complicated. The first time they went to Europe and then they returned to Chicago. But Tom had this little spree and they returned to, to East Egg. And so to finish with chapter 7, I'm going to read this. I want to wait here till Daisy goes to bed. Good night, old sport. Um, he put his hand in his coat pockets and turned back eagerly to his scrutiny of the house, as though my presence emerged the sacredness of the vigil. So I walked away and left him standing there in the moonlight, 
watching over nothing. So this ending is very similar to the end of chapter one. Remember that Gatsby was staring at the at the green light and you already know the meaning of the green light and it symbolizes Daisy when Gatsby is away from her. So um, we can also say that um, this is somehow associated with the fantasy that Gatsby is living. Because um, as soon as Daisy found out the reality of Gatsby that he is involved in gangster activity, uh, she ran out and ditched him, which is so sad. But um, it is something that Gatsby doesn't want to see. So this is it all, sports. Thank you so much for listening to another episode and I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. The second hand on what if you're lost you can